Welcome to Rec Talks, a podcast dedicated to the latest trends from the world of rec tech, fintech, and financial regulations. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning rec tech provider Know Your Customer. As we approach the end of 2021, we thought we would do something a bit different for the last episode of this year. Today, we thought it would be interesting to look back at some of the key industry trends regulatory updates and best practices that we have explored on this podcast throughout the year. We will also try to make some predictions on what the next few months will have in store for all of us working in the KYC, AML and RecTech space. The sector is currently accelerating at an unprecedented pace. So this is a great time to take a step back and try to analyze some of these overarching trends. So to help me with this ambitious task, I have invited Maggie Maspero to be on our podcast with me today. Maggie is our head of brand and communications here at Know Your Customer, and she's also the producer of All The Rag Tags podcast. Maggie, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Klaus. I have to say it's great to be here. Finally know what it feels like to be a guest on the Rag Talks podcast, and it's pretty good. Excellent. So how do you want to do this? For a change, I think it would be interesting for you to be in the hot seat and for me to ask you some questions. So let's start from a topic that we have covered many times with our guests on this podcast. And this is the changing attitude of regulators towards rectech adoption. From your point of view, where have we seen some of the most interesting changes in this area in the last 12 months since the beginning of the year? Behind the scenes, regulators have changed their attitude towards RegTech a lot in the past couple of years. And this year, we saw this trend translate into real initiatives. The first one that comes to mind is definitely Hong Kong. In June 2021, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, HKMA, launched a series of RegTech adoption practice guides for financial institutions with detailed guidance on how to successfully implement RegTech solutions in various areas. Another very interesting initiative in Hong Kong is the launch of AMLAB, the AML RegTech Lab, in November of this year. The lab is to encourage financial institutions to leverage RegTech for protection against financial crime and is part of HKMA's FinTech 2025 strategy. That FinTech 2025 plan goes even further and requires banks to submit a three-year plan for FinTech adoption to the HKMA by the end of 2021. And another interesting one would be Singapore. In October 21, the Monetary Authority of Singapore announced it is working towards the introduction of a new digital platform called COSMIC. This is a platform for financial institutions to securely share intelligence about financial crime, and it will be launched in 2023. In my opinion, this initiative is more a result of the success of prior RegTech advances than just a solo project, because compliance information is now data everywhere. Collaboration of this sort gets a lot easier. And if we look at Europe, so in July 2021, the EU Commission presented a package of proposals to strengthen the EU's anti-money laundering regime. The proposal is to create a new authority to combat money laundering and also, arguably more interestingly, introduces a single EU book to, to harmonize AML and CFT rules. What do you think will be the impact of the AML rulebook across the block? 
It's a big step, but we'll have to wait a bit to see the impact clearly as the legislative procedure in the EU is ongoing. And it's very likely that there will be amendments to the current proposed text. The clue is in the very reason for this harmonization drive. It might not be a simple process to merge the deferring implementations. If we look at timelines, the Commission hopes that the new AML CFT authority will be established by 2023 and they will start their activities in 2024. The single rule book, including technical standards even, should be in place by the end of 2025. So a bit of time until then, these are not changes that will happen overnight. Despite this, I think the initiative marks an important milestone for the EU. At Know Your Customer, we work with clients across many jurisdictions, and we have seen firsthand how much fragmentation was caused by local implementations of the AML directives. We did a lot of work on identifying beneficial owners with our clients, and it looks like the single rulebook, for example, will introduce a more detailed beneficial ownership framework, and there will be new disclosure requirements for nominee shareholders and directors. I see this as an opportunity for further integration between the bloc's economic systems, and I'm very hopeful that it will solve some of the issues of the current setup. Trade in goods and many services work so well in the EU, but we haven't seen quite the same success for EU-wide financial services. Talking about Europe for a little bit longer, what do you think is going to happen with UBO registers in 2022? We know that not all member states are in the same situations. Not all member states have established this to the same level. So what do you think is likely to happen in 2022 in this area? Apart from a few laggards, uh, such as Spain or Italy, most of the European Union member states have by now established their register of beneficial owners of all legal entities. It's actually a bit surprising that it took so long since establishing a UBO register was already made obligatory under the fourth anti-money laundering directive and AMLD5 then introduced a requirement making the UBO register public. At the moment, not all of the registers in the EU member states are publicly accessible. Also, several problems with quality and completeness of the UBO registers have been pointed out as it's proving really hard to get people to submit the required information, especially when these registers have been set up as completely separate organizations. One example, the German UBO registry called the Transparency Register. It was set up early enough. But when we last checked, still only a minority of active corporates had submitted their UBO details. The German government has just now stepped up fines for missing deadlines on submissions, but it just shows that the introduction can be a longer process. In 2022, even with the pandemic still ongoing, I expect that the pressure will increase on entities to report their UBO data to the transparency registers throughout Europe. I guess we'll see. In one year's time, I will be here and we'll check and we'll see what's happened there. Just kind of moving on to a slightly different topic. I know your customer, we keep a really close eye and we discuss often how the scope of AML regulations and digital onboarding is constantly expanding. 
These requirements now apply to many more sectors than, for instance, when I started here in 2018, and it's well beyond traditional retail and corporate banking. So from your point of view, are there any specific industries that we should keep an eye on in 2022? I guess another way of posing the same question is, where do you expect to see erratic disruption emerge in the next 12 months? Yeah, interesting question. Let's look at some of these sectors. The first one that comes to mind is the trade finance sector, specifically in APAC. Historically, trade finance has been one of the last areas of financial services to go digital. Large financial institutions in Asia continue to use paper-based manual processes for many trade-related functions still today. However, the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic could mark a moment of transformation. On the one hand, we have growing interest and focus on the topic of trade-based money laundering, both international watchdogs such as the FATF and local regulators such as Singapore's MAS have introduced more stringent requirements to curb TBML. For example, the initial phase of the new cosmic project in Singapore, we've uh, mentioned it, is set to focus precisely on the illicit use of trade finance. But regulations are only one of the factors driving change in trade finance. From 2019 to 2021, the share of large Asian companies citing quality of e-banking as a key consideration in their selection of trade finance providers went up from 11 to 34%, which is a big jump, which we expect will be consolidated in the new year. Somewhat related to trade finance is also the e-commerce sector. During the pandemic, an incredible number of businesses have gone online to sell their products and reach their customers. In Southeast Asia alone, an estimated 70 million more people shopped online in these countries since the beginning of the pandemic. This is a huge opportunity for millions of SMEs in the regions and for the online payments providers. They are really seeing their businesses explode at the moment. And of course, the supplier side serving the e-commerce sector is growing in leaps and bounds along with the users. These merchants are the recipients of funds, and this is where money laundering rules apply. If we look at MAS, they have been requesting e-commerce providers to adopt a risk based approach for a few years now. What is likely to happen is more regulators to follow their lead. In this new context, payments and e-commerce providers will need to find the right balance between meeting regulatory demands and providing fast merchant onboarding. Of course, the most effective way to do this is through RegTech solutions such as ours. The third sector that is currently very high on the regulator's priority list is real estate, especially in the UK and more recently in the US, New requirements have been introduced to prevent the use of real estate transactions in money laundering schemes. The UK authorities increased the risk rating of some real estate businesses at the end of 2020, for example. That means more businesses are now subject to customer due diligence requirements. Real estate agents and letting agents are now required to monitor risk profiles of their clients and take account of changing circumstances, which was not the case before. In 2022, it is likely that we will see regulators conducting audits and in the case of non-compliance, issue fines to this sector after the initial grace period. 
On to the next question. Here at Know Your Customer, our key area of expertise is the digitization and automation of the corporate onboarding and KYC, KYB process. Are there any specific learnings or new best practices identified in the course of 2021 that you would like to share with, uh, with our listeners? I would like to call out three key areas for that, Maggie. Business customers are becoming a lot more demanding and their expectations have really shifted since the beginning of the pandemic. Individuals of all age brackets are now much more used to signing up for financial products digitally. And as a result, they expect the same kind of experience when procuring financial services for their businesses. This is why I expect smooth, seamless and overall pleasant onboarding to become a key competitive advantage for corporate banks and financial institutions overall in 22. Second, thankfully, in that KYC space that we operate in, existing risk policies can be translated into automated processes quite easily. Still, it pays to lay the groundwork first. We've seen that with clients when they work on streamlining their onboarding processes first before digitizing them, you get the best results. Without that rethinking, clients can end up just replicating the same old clunky processes in PDFs. And third, the pandemic has helped remove a lot of the blockers related to remote onboarding and remote work for distributed teams. Among our clients in 21, we have seen the most drastic growth in usage from the ones with large teams of agents or brokers. With our solutions, they have been able to access the system securely and submit new customer information for approval wherever they were and whichever channel they were using to communicate with the customer. Giving tools like this to a distributed workforce can really supercharge growth, and we definitely expect more businesses to embrace this opportunity in 22. So we've almost come to the end of our chat, and anyone who has ever listened to our RegTalk podcast till the end will know that we finish every interview with a very specific question. So today, I would like to ask you that question and to know what is your answer. So if tomorrow you woke up and somehow you had become the global financial regulator with all the power, what would be the first thing that you would do? And of course, why? Well, of course, I would love to move something really big, like to unify all global regulations into one consistent set of rules with clear guidelines for implementation, for testing, validation, and so on of the systems. But the political realities are very complex. And ultimately, societies do have different preferences on privacy, transparency, and the power of enforcement agencies. So I would start with something smaller that could be very powerful nonetheless. And it would be making the usage of global entity IDs mandatory when referring to beneficial owners in company registries and transparency registries alike. In all these filings, currently, names are so often misspelled or left unclear because of the missing details like country of registration or address. With a system like the legal entity IDs, we could solve these inconsistencies and much better connect the systems across regions and countries. Thanks so much, Klaus. Interesting answer and good to know what your answer to this question is. This has been a real pleasure. We look forward to more Rag Talks episodes in 2022. 
I certainly do. This has been an incredible year. We've uh, done many podcast interviews here where I learned so much and I'm really looking forward to continuing that next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talks. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning RecTech provider, Know Your Customer. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to the whole series and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us, suggest a guest or a topic for an upcoming episode, please send us a message at info at knowyourcustomer.com or visit knowyourcustomer.com slash rectalks.